Y'all can take your seats for just a few minutes as we continue. Can I ask you to do something real quickly for me, though? Can you, uh, can you like, literally, physically lean in? Why don't y'all lean forward just for a minute? I really feel like I have a word for this house today, and I'm going to try to make it as brief as I can, but I feel like there is an atmosphere in this place where the Lord wants to come in and do something special in every life, even though this word is actually a corporate word. You can sit back now. Uh, that was just like a... <laughs> um, again, my name is Joel Eklund. Uh, the executive pastor up at House of the Lord Church, and it is such an honor for me to be here. Um, I have, well, I'm going to start my timer. Hold it. See, I'm obedient too, Pastor J.O. Um, <laughs> um, I have kind of a limited time this morning, but I did want to just take a minute and uh, and, and, and just honor pastors uh, Ray Dean and J.O. Man, this, this is special. Like... I need somebody who's new in the room to know that this isn't normal. Now, some of you maybe who are new in the room are like, yeah. <laughs> but I need, I need somebody to hear this. The day of passive church is over. The day of passive church is over. How many of you, um, if, you're, if you're taking notes this morning, I, I want you to just write this down real quick. A place called Rehoboth. A place called Rehoboth. How many of you know that God is everywhere, but he chooses to be somewhere? I'll say that one more time. How many of you know that God is everywhere, but he chooses to be somewhere? See, sometimes what we think of when we think of the omnipotence of God, that he is everywhere, we have this passive mentality towards it. Like, like God is everywhere. But how many of you, can I ask you a question? How many of you enjoy being in a space you're not invited to? Can I tell you about one of the most awkward, soul-wrenching moments of my young life? When I was in seventh grade, I remember I was home during the summertime. I was really bored. You know, I lived on the same block with a bunch of my best friends. And uh, one particular day, I was so bored. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go over to Deb. By the way, this is before, this is when... You know, to get a hold of somebody, you had to pick up the corded telephone. The corded telephone. If you wanted privacy, you took the corded telephone to a closet and closed it. But I remember I didn't, I didn't really have time. I uh, didn't have time to, to call my friend. So I thought, you know what, I'll just, walk, I'll just walk over there. So I walk down to my friend's house, knock on the door, I open it, and here are most of my best friends having a party that I wasn't invited to. It's awkward now. Imagine how it felt to a seven to a to a thirteen-year-old. And it was like one of those moments where you know my friend sees me and they're like, "Oh, hey, man, didn't get the invite, did you?" You know, and it's like it's really really awkward. He's like, he's like, "Come on in." I'm like, "I don't know, man." And I finally just left because I realized that no no amount of posturing was going to make me feel welcome in that space. I got to tell some people in the room today, God shows up in places that he is invited. That's 
He lists him because of our comfort level. We have often not invited God to the party and then we're frustrated when he doesn't show up. See, because what I found out, Pastor Dale, can I, can I tell you the worst part of this story? What I found out later was my friends were mad that I left. They had the audacity not to invite me. Then I show up anyway, and then I leave, and it's like they were going to do me a favor by helping me stay, but because I left, they were frustrated. See, sometimes our life in Jesus can feel that way because we haven't actually invited God to the party, and then we get mad when he doesn't show up. You know, I'm, I'm from a very small town. Uh, like Pastor J.O. was saying, Old Town is about a population of 190. Um, but, you know, we're, we're coming up. We're coming up. We just got a super one. We got a super one. We got a Safeway, too. Everybody has a Safeway, but we got a super one, okay? You know, one thing about Super One, I don't know if you know this, they're open 24 hours a day. They're they are very available. My kids, it's funny, like the moment that Super One came in, they noticed the big red sign on the front of it that says open 24 hours. Man, I'm telling you, we'll be driving home from Mimi and Papa's house. We go by that Super One. It, they might have just woken up out of a deep sleep. You know how kids are? Like you leave at like bedtime from, you know, grandpa. And like all of a sudden they fall asleep in the car, but then they wake up sort of. Like I got my daughter at like, at like 10 o'clock at night coming home from, you know, from Christmas being like, Daddy, can we go to Super One and get donuts? <laughs> They're open. <laughs> See, I don't know if I'd be up for going in a, at like 3 a.m., but the point is I could. The point is I could. See, the prophet Joel wrote, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Friend, I want you to know that we've been in the last days from the moment that Jesus ascended into heaven and poured out his Holy Spirit. Listen to Mark chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. It says, as soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, and with you I'm well pleased. Genesis 28, 16. I love how this... How this verse reads, it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, surely the Lord is in this place. But I love this, I love this last part. I just didn't know it. I did not know it. Listen, some of you showed up this morning not realizing that Jesus actually does show up in church. And Super One isn't always doing business, but it's always open. It's only when my hunger or my thirst outweighs my desire for comfort do I actually access what's available. And yes, you, I'm telling you, whoever you are in this room, you have all the access you could ever want to the spirit and the presence of God because we are living under an open heaven because we are in the promised time of the open manifestation of the spirit of God. And the issue is not a lack of access, friend, it's a lack of desire. A.W. Tozer said it this way. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that for many of us, he waits so very long in vain. All that to say, if you want peace, he's available. If you want healing, he's available. If you want breakthrough, he's available. If you want forgiveness, he's available. If you want hope, come on, he's available. If you want joy, he's available. If you want freedom, he's available. Friend, if you want Jesus, he's available. <laughs>
See, when we talk about an open heaven, we're not asking heaven to open. We're lifting up our eyes and seeing that it always has been. Luke 16, 16 says the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed and everyone is urgently invited to enter it. See, in other places, this, this, this term urgently invited is the violent take it by force. Now, when I was coming up, Star Wars was still good. It was still good. <laughs> in fact, uh, my... Uh, in my early 20s, my, my early 20s, uh, I went to see the second of the prequels, which turned out to be the biggest letdown of any Star Wars movie up until the new ones, right? But I was in Pullman, Washington when it came out, and uh, my friends and I decided we actually wanted to see it on open night. I do not recommend going to open night. Well, actually, you know what? You're, when you're 20, just do whatever you want, man. You want to stand in line for 15 hours, you go ahead. Anyway, so we, 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 we brought like, we brought snacks. We brought, we brought like, we brought like chairs. We stayed in that line. We stayed in that line for eight or nine hours just waiting for this movie to, to start at midnight. Why? Why? And then what happens is at the time I was a youth leader and, and I see, I see at about 11.58, I see a bunch of hoodlums from my church. And they walked right up to me and they're like, hey, Joel, how you doing? I'm good, Daniel, how are you? And they just kind of stayed there. Like they'd been waiting the whole time. And then listen, listen, as the doors began to open, as the doors began to open and the line just began to move, they started moving too. Man, they stepped out in front of me and they took my spot. Man, I ended up in... I'm end up in the front, and when I say the front row, I don't mean the good front row. I mean the front row that you do this. And you come out with your neck broke. And those boys, those boys got the best seats in the house. But can I tell you how? It's because when the doors opened, they moved. They didn't wait. Man, what are you waiting on? Heaven's not, heaven's not so concerned about a line as you think it is. There's not a line in front of you. Man, if you want freedom, he's available. If you need breakthrough, he's available. There's no line in front of you. What are you waiting on? All right, Genesis 26. I'm bringing this in for a landing. Genesis 26, verses 17 to 22. It says, so Isaac left there and camped in the Gerar Valley. And he lived there. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham and the Philistines had stopped them up after Abraham died. He gave them the same names his father had given them. Then Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of spring water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, that water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they argued with him. Then they dug another well and quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. And he moved from there and he dug another, and they did not quarrel over it. And so he named it Rehoboth and said, For now the Lord has made space for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. See, that word Rehoboth literally means open spaces. Just an interesting thing right now in, in, in Post Falls, because I hear there's a lot of people moving into this town. 
But I need you to hear the progression of these names because I believe it's a progression of a season that we're leaving and one we're entering. See, the first is the people of Gerar. The name Gerar actually means to bray, to pound, or to crush. No one has ever heard a donkey and thought to themselves, wow, what a beautiful sound that is. Like, you ever heard a donkey bray? It's one of the ugliest sounds in nature. Somebody in here raises donkeys. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. My donkeys are beautiful. <laughs> to bray, to pound, or to crush, or in other words, they're the people who crush. They're the people who crush. Anybody been around people that have crushed you recently? The name of that first well is contention, striving. And I need, to, I need to understand that the source of all of these wells are the same. The point is that the opposition is about acquiring something that the enemy did not possess. Let me put it to you this way. I've heard it said that the man that worships God and the man that goes to the strip club are looking for the same thing. They're looking for significance. They're looking for the divine. Listen, you and I, friend, we were made. We were made. We were made to seek the presence of God and the glory of God and all of these other things that we, have, that we have replaced it with does not mean that the desire that we have is bad. It means that our problem is how we sate that desire is going to determine our future. Your appetite isn't the problem. How you sate it determines your future though. See, the reason why the crushers were striving for the wells was that when they dug, they weren't getting any water. When they dug, they weren't getting anything. Man, one of the most primal instincts of man is to envy that which you don't have. And sometimes when you really can't get it, all you have to give is anger. All you have to give is that's not fair. This isn't equal. Where's my water? In fact, that's my land, technically. See, the second well was called hostility. It went from kind of contention to openly hostile. But I want you to imagine for a minute that the most precious resource you could possibly ever attain became unattainable for you. Imagine digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and finding nothing but more sand. I need to tell somebody in the room, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It doesn't matter how many homes you own. It doesn't matter how, many, how, how awesome your new truck is. You noticed how quickly new becomes old? Man, I remember. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't have enough time. I got five minutes. Listen. There is only one well that satisfies. There is only one source that satisfies. <laughs> but imagine all that digging and finding nothing and then somebody else comes along and starts digging and finds water not once but twice. Not once but twice. I, I, I'd be pretty upset too. I did a lot of digging and I got nothing. This guy shows up and he hits, he hits gold twice. Listen, I need you to hear that there has been an attack on your source not once but many times in this season. But here's the thing. You know something that your enemy doesn't is that you have a source that doesn't run out. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's because the source of your peace and your joy and your contentment and your hope isn't dependent on geography, but dependent upon the promise. Well, man, Isaac gave up those wells so quickly. Why? Because he knew that everywhere he went, the water would show up. It wasn't about the wells. It was about the water. Because Isaac knew. He's like, listen, you can take, you know what, Bobby, you take this well. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go right over here. I'm going I'm to drill another one. And guess what? Water's going to be there too because the Lord said, everywhere I go, he'll bless me. Everywhere my foot strikes the ground, that's going to be my land someday. See, the final well is the season that we're moving into, which is Rehoboth, which means open spaces. And I'm here to declare a word from the Lord. The Lord is saying that in a city that seems to be more crowded every day, I am making room for a people who make room for me. Y'all know this room is small. J.O., I just... I hear the Lord say, keep digging. Everywhere you dig, you're going to find water. Everywhere you dig, you're going to find water. Man, you guys have endured contention after contention after contention, bitterness after bitterness, people betraying you, all sorts of crazies. And I hear the Lord say, Rehoboth, I have made space for you because you made space for me. Everywhere you dig, you're going to find water. And I'm just, this is it, this is where I'm, can I, can we do something together, church? I really felt to declare some things over this city and this region. Can, once you stand on your feet with me, just like couple your faith with me, and then we're going to invite the prophetic team forward. I'm going to drink some water here so my voice doesn't give out. Man, this morning, I'm, I'm declaring an end of the hostilities against your families. I'm declaring an end to nagging assaults on your peace. I'm declaring an end today to the assignment of the enemy against your health. I'm declaring today an end to the war against your finances. I'm declaring today the breaking of the stronghold of depression in this city. I'm declaring an end today to the assignment of the enemy against your marriage. I'm declaring today an end to the agenda of hell against your children. I'm declaring today an end to the political division in the church. I'm declaring today that the kingdom of God will increase in this region as we have never seen before. I'm declaring that Jesus Christ will be seen clearly so that all will be without excuse and I'm declaring that this will be a season of signs wonders and miracles unlike anything we have seen and we declare today in this house that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living come on let's pray together God I thank you I thank you that the source of our supply is not up to man. The source of our supply is not up to our enemy. The source of our supply is up to you. And you have said, possess the land. So God, I pray this morning that we would be a faithful people to dig. That like Isaac, even when we are attacked, we say, you know what? It's all right because at least one of us knows how to get water. At least one of us knows how to get water. So God, I thank you for this people today. 
God, I thank you for what you're doing in Heart of the City Church. And I thank you that you are igniting something in Post Falls, Idaho. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? We're going to have the prophetic team come forward. Um, brother in the back over there with the impressive beard. Yeah, you. I had to say impressive because I say a beard in North Idaho. Everybody shows up. Can you, can you stand up for me, man? You know, I saw you in worship. By the way, if you ever see like a prophetic guy looking around in worship... We're, we're, we're literally looking for people, okay? Um, man, there is a, <laughs> this is gonna sound a little weird, because nobody with a beard grows a beard so they can be viewed as gentle. <laughs> but brother, there is, a, there is a powerful gentleness in you. In fact, only the powerful can really be gentle because they understand what would happen if they stopped being gentle. And I just hear the word of the Lord over you that God is, God is, he's, for lack of a better term, he's widening the Father's heart that's already in you. Man, when I was over here, I, I just heard the, the Lord say to me, that right there is a leader of young men. That's a leader of young men right there. Man, this generation is starved for dads. What I love about you is that, see, sometimes a shy man, when they're greeted with like the typical fatherless young man vibe, which is like, Ugh, a shy man thinks to themselves, whoa, I don't know what's going on with this kid. But a gentleman says, I do know what's going on with this kid, and he needs a dad. And I just hear the, the, the Lord say over you, I'm going to bring fatherless young men to you. I'm gonna draw, you're, you're gonna draw them like, I'm gonna say a weird thing, flies to a cow spot. <laughs> you know, I love, I love how, how in the book of Titus, Paul describes the men of Crete. He says, even their own poets say they're drunkards, they're lazy, and they're worthless. And then in the next chapter, he basically tells them, now make elders out of them. I just hear the Lord say, I'm going to bring you some worthless guys in their own eyes. And you're going to make elders out of them. You're going to be an elder-making factory. I'm telling you, there, there are going to be, this is, okay. There are going to be dozens of young men scattered all throughout the Pacific Northwest and, and even, into, uh, even into the Midwest that are going to be elders in local churches because you saw them. And the Lord drew them in and you discipled them pillars. Bro, what is your name? Andy? Andy, you're a pillar maker. You're a pillar maker. God bless you, man. Amen. The sister in the second row here, uh, right behind Pastor J. Oh, yeah, you. Could you stand up? You are an armor bearer but the enemy has lied to you and said that you, you really don't have much to offer. And there's this struggle internally that you've had. And uh, there is, you have a, there's, there's a grace or ministry of helps is in you. 
the gifts, there are gifts that manage and administrate and all of that. There's a burden for intercession that is upon you. But you're going to be like uh, Ur and, and Aaron who held up the hands of Moses during the battle. And because of their faithfulness and their commitment, they stood in the gap. And the battle was won because they took their place. Hear the word of the Lord to you. Take your place. You have a lot to offer the kingdom of God. You are a royal diadem in the hand of the Lord your God. You're a trophy of his grace. He is pleased with your servant spirit. And he wants you to know today that he is going to bless you with such a fulfilling season that coming in your life. that you would. It's almost as though um, some of the internal struggles has robbed you of your joy. But there is going to come... The morning is coming to you. And you know what the Bible says? Joy comes in the morning. And your morning is coming. The dawn of a new day and a new season is upon you. And you're going to strengthen those that are weary. Your intercession is going to make strong those who are weak. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. Words of knowledge are going to come into your spirit and your mind. And you're going to see pictures and visions when you pray. And God, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, will begin to direct your prayers. And you will lift up those in the spirit who are under attack. You will, you will place yourself between the attack and onslaught of the enemy. Between those who are you're protecting in, in the spirit and, and those... Uh, schemes of the evil one that would try to come in and, and, and hurt and wound, you're going to take your place and in the spirit cause them to be protected. You're going to pray the shield of God around people and uh, your, your prayers are going to be answered. You, you are uh, a determined person and uh, there is a, a determination in you that you will lay hold of some things that you just you need to pull into the, into the, the, the now, into the moment and God is going to speak to you what they are. But you're an armor bearer. You are faithful. And today the Lord commends you. He's going to be with you. There are some, the, the season of loneliness is coming to an end. God's going to bring some friends into your life that are going to be like a sorority of faith that are going to surround you. And gonna, you're just going to walk with them. They're going to be the, the best friends of your life. And uh, that journey of loneliness is coming to an end. God loves you, and he values you, and he blesses you today. What's your name? Ashley. Ashley, you're a beautiful treasure to the Lord, and the Lord just commends you today. He's with you. He's for you. He's going to put a crown of beauty upon your head, and you're going to know a season of fulfillment like you've never known before. God bless you. We bless her today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just uh, wanted to, Lord just placed you on my heart, Clark, and to your wife. Could you just stand? I just, the Lord, the word of the Lord um, to you today is just restore. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that he wants to restore what the worm has eaten, what things you've lost, things that have um, just, um, you, you've, um, you've lost. And the, the enemy has stolen and taken. And God is saying, this is a new day. This is a new time for you. God is restoring. He's going to restore it. That's what he's doing. He's come, coming to both of you and just saying, I'm going to restore. And uh, if that's uh, a family or business, whatever it is, God is saying to you, the word to you is, I'm going to restore. 
No more worry, no more frustration, no more looking in the past and saying, you know, what in the world happened there and why God and all of that. God is saying this is a new day and he's just moving you forward past that and saying, I will restore. And I just see like as Job, he just restored even double what the, what the enemy has taken. It's going to be double. It's going to be double for you guys. And I just believe that in the name of Jesus, you can, he, you are in his hand. You can trust him. God is restoring you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord cancels, the Lord cancels the assignment of hell against you. There has been a scheme of the evil one to try to take you down, but the, the Lord raises up a standard and cancels that assignment. And there will be a restoration to you. And I see the Lord elevating your voice in the house. You will be a trumpet, a prophetic sound that will uh, not only inspire and, and, and declare the word of the Lord, but equip people to hear the word of the Lord. I believe there's a equipping anointing upon you to help people discern the spirit and the voice of the Lord. There's a grace of the word of knowledge. It's prophetic revelation. Flows strong in your life. The anointing of God's going to move. Glory, you're going to have a, a prophetic intercession that will come upon you. You're going to stand in the gap. I believe miracles are going to happen because of your contending for them and praying for them. You're going to call things out of the realm of the impossible into the realm of the possible. And God is going to move in a supernatural way. Great prophetic anointing is upon the two of you. And there, you're going to be pillars, uh, almost like prophetic pillars in the house to strengthen the voice of the Lord and also the ability to hear the voice of God in the people of the Lord. Amen. Um, young lady right there in the, yeah. What's your name? Shelby. Um, there's a really deep well of wisdom in you. Um, and it, it's not even just traditional wisdom. I, I felt, I felt a similar, there's a, there's a passage in, uh, well, several types of scripture, but the Lord comes to Solomon. And he comes to him in the night and he asks him, he asks him, well, because of your father, David, I'll give you anything. What do you want? And Solomon, instead of asking for all the things that everybody of, their, you know, of his day would ask for, you know, wealth, long life, death of your enemies, of course. Um, he, says, he says, you've made me the king of this great people. How, how can I ever do that? He said, so give me wisdom to lead. And the Lord says, over your life that you have been given the wisdom to lead. There is such a leadership gift and grace in your life and it's not, it's there supernaturally because you didn't pray. You didn't pray for wealth and riches. You didn't pray for all the other things that people around you have prayed for. You asked, God give me wisdom to lead in my generation. God give me wisdom to be able to pull people back from the pit. God give me wisdom. Like there's such a, there's a, there's, a, I want to call it an intercessory grace, but I'm not sure if that's the correct word for it. But like you care so deeply about what affects others. Like there's like, there's like not an ounce of selfishness in you. 
Like when you, when you go over your prayer list, that, you know, whenever it is you pray, it's like everything on there is for somebody else. And then like at the very end, you're kind of like, and okay, God, if you want to bless me, that's okay too. But I actually, I hear the Lord give a, con- con- a commendation to you today in the same sense that he gave it to Solomon. He said, because you didn't ask for all of those things, because you didn't ask for wealth, and you didn't ask for long life, and you didn't ask for this, and you didn't ask for that, I'm going to give you all of those things anyway. I'm going to give you prosperity that you couldn't possibly spend yourself. I'm going to release to you the things of the kingdom in such, a, in such an incredible measure because I know that if I get it to you, it will get through you. So God, I thank you for Shelby. I thank you for the work you're doing in her life. I thank you for the intercessory grace that's on her. I thank you for the blessing you're gonna pour out to her that cannot be measured or fathomed. And I thank you that it's the Lord that adds wealth without sorrow. In Jesus' mighty name. This couple in the second row, you got a black shirt, white shirt. This couple, yeah, you stand up. I just see it. This is the phrase that comes to my spirit, an attractional anointing. You are gatherers in the house of the Lord. Bro, bro are you a musician at all? You, you play anything? But I saw you worshiping God in a, in a real, with a real passionate way. And both of you are going to be examples of what it means to follow the Lord. There are people that are, I see you gathering people into your home and ministry of hospitality flowing out of your, your homes. You're going to coach young couples and uh, uh, teenagers, college-age students, young professionals. You're going to reach into their lives and help them uh, follow Jesus and understand the Word of God. There's an understanding that's coming upon you, sir, that is uh, about the Word of God. God's going to open the Word to you. And, and uh, you're going you're gonna to begin to have a spirit of understanding. I feel at times maybe you have read the Word of God, and at times you've thought, I wonder what that means, or I'm not, sh- I'm not sure I can I understand that. And I'm just telling you, there is a key. The Bible speaks of the key of knowledge, and I believe God is giving you the key of knowledge today. And He is going to open the book to you, and He's going to cause a revelation and a spirit of understanding to come upon your mind. And you're going to go, "Aha! That's I get it. That makes sense to me. I hear it." You're going to you're going to be uh, expanding your understanding in, in just really some of the theological things about the Word of God, and He's going to help you. Uh, understand it and impart it to other people. In you, sister, there is a great spirit of faith. You, you, you just know God can do it. That's kind of your proverb, you know. Uh, I got a problem. God can do it, you know. Oh, I, I, I got a question. Well, God, God can answer that. I mean, it, it's just the spirit of faith that is in you, and uh, it's a positive, attractional thing. And you're going to impart faith to people. You're, they're going to be struggling with doubt. They're going to be struggling with things they don't understand. They're going to be struggling with the contradictions to their faith. They're going to be struggling with battles. They're going to be struggling with addictions. They're going to be struggling with pain from their childhood and the way they were raised or the way they were abused. But God's going to move through you with a word of faith into them and say, God's got this. God's got you. God's got your future. In fact, it is. I believe there's a prophetic grace that's just going to emerge in your life in the days that are ahead 
Prophetic anointing is going to flow out of you. You're actually going to look into the eyes of young people and prophesy the strength and the power of the Holy, the Holy Spirit into their life and into their future. Revelation is going to come to you. You're going to have an understanding mind to know what it is to see and understand things about what they're going to be facing in the days that are ahead. And you're going to have the boldness to speak it out unto them. In your prayer closet, you will dig out the things of the Spirit and you will seek the name and the, and the, and the presence of God. And in that moment, God will unlock revelation into your heart and begin to show you faces and details about people's lives. You're going to pray it first and prophesy it later and God's going to anoint your, hand, your, your, your lives and your home with the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. People will walk into your home and go, wow, there's, your house is different. There's something, there's something different about this place. They will sense the peace and the strength of God in your home. Gatherers, attractional anointing upon you. We declare it right now. Lord, I seal this and things that you are going to reveal to this couple in the future. You have kids? I believe there's a strong prophetic anointing that's going to come on your children. Then, man, they're going to be people, they're going to be kids who love the presence of God. Something's going to shift in their heart and they're just going to awaken to the profound presence of God. And, and, and he's going to awaken them to, to the love of the Lord. They will never wander from the Lord. They will stay true to the Lord. And because of you have modeled it, you've been an example of the love of the house of God and the presence of God. He is going to transfer that generationally to your seed. In Jesus' name, we seal it. Hallelujah.
in this surrounding, in this region that are broken, they're sitting and they're saying, what can you give me? Can you give me money? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? But I hear the voice of the Lord saying that this place is going to say, you know, silver and gold, uh, we don't have, but what we have, we're going to give you Jesus. We're going to give you Jesus. healing over children, healing over broken people, broken lives, broken situations. And God is saying, let there be healing. Let this place be a place of healing. Receive your healing. I feel the Lord right now is just saying right now, God wants to declare healing in this place. And it's to go from here and out. I just, there's a healing God wants to do on this land. The Bible talks about that if my people will call upon my name, I will heal their land. And I feel that there is needing to be a healing in this place. And God is declaring that this place is to be a place of healing where people can come and receive healing. Would you just stand with me right now? Just lift up your hands up to heaven and just say, God, right now, Lord, I receive the healing that you want to do, Lord. I receive the healing that you want to do. Hallelujah. I believe right now, God, we're standing, God, as intercessors, Lord Jesus, to heal this land, to heal this people, to heal this town, to heal what's going on in this place in the name of Jesus. This place is called to be a place of healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive our healing. Today we receive our healing. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Healing. Healing. Healing for every heart. Let him just come right in right now. Heal all the broken places. All the crushed places. All of the places that have been tried, have been broken. In the name of Jesus, he's here. Hallelujah. 